During the days leading up to the cross, Jesus makes a couple of very revealing statements concerning his mindset, and it is clear that he was thinking about his purpose and the cause that he was committed to. And he was revealing a, a resolutely focused mindset on making a difference, of, of standing for a purpose, the purpose of the kingdom of God. And when predicting his, his death on the cross... He made this statement in John 12 and verse 27. He said, now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause came I to this hour. In other words, this is the reason I came to this time on history's timeline. This, this is the reason I came to this time and to this place. It is difficult. The pressure is on. The heat, uh, the heat is on. But I came for this very hour. And then just a few days later, Jesus makes this statement to Pontius Pilate at his mockery of a trial. John 18 and verse 37. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world that I should bear witness of the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Again, I was born for this cause. I was born to bear witness of the truth. Clearly, the cause of God's kingdom on earth had Christ's attention. And, of course, without question, it is time for Christ's ecclesia, Christ's, Christ's reigning church, to take on a similar mindset for our times. In this new era, in, in this greatest era, in church history, in this era when the king, we are told, is going to make his greatest time. In this, in this time when the world obviously desperately needs it, in this era when the synergy and the convergence of the ages is being activated into one moment of time, our time, when the anointings of all previous outpourings are activated together all at once, the church must make its greatest stand. The focus of Christ's attention on the cause for which he came has inspired the masses for centuries. No one understood nor represented a cause-driven life more than Jesus did himself. And his tenacious commitment to that cause has inspired me uh, so many times throughout my life. It's energized my own focus. It's energized my energies. His mindset represents the heart 
of, world, of a world changer, of a, of a history maker. His mindset represents history makers throughout the centuries. Uh, some are famous, but most are not. Most are just common, ordinary people who make a contribution to the cause. They, they are those who do their part somehow, even though it might be minuscule, and often it is minuscule, but small as it may be, they push towards a cause. They're the can collectors in World War I and World War II. Why collect the cans? To melt it down and make bullets. They are those that manned the factories building jeeps and tanks. And, and they are those that put together a million meals ready to eat for our troops, of which many of them were common, ordinary people. Some were, were just barely known by a few friends and family, but they, they pushed together for the cause to push back an enemy and his aggressive uh, warfare into, into our world. And it's amazing fact of history that it's the millions of contributed efforts that make the difference. Meaning, you and your effort matter. What you do makes a difference. What you do matters. Your one, we are told in the scriptures, can be multiplied to a thousand, what you do matter. How you pray, it matters. Edward Everett Hale made this statement. I am only one, but I am one. I cannot do everything, but I can do something. And, what, and I will not let what I cannot do interfere with what I can do. Edmund Burke makes this statement. Nobody makes a greater mistake than he who did nothing because he could only do a little bit. Mother Teresa said, if you cannot feed a hundred, feed one. It's the concerted effort of remnant believers unified together for Christ's cause that can change the world. And we most certainly have a world that must be changed. Ralph Waldo Emerson said this, Shallow people believe in luck. Strong people believe in cause and effect. It's time to believe in our cause and affect this world. Perhaps the message to our our children by Dr. Seuss can get into our adult way of thinking. Dr. Seuss says to our little ones in his book, The Lorax, unless someone like you cares a whole, whole awful lot, nothing's going to get better. It's time to care, and it's time to, to care a whole awful lot. Listen and you can hear the collective groan of a world in despair. In the history of our world, 
we are told there have, has been some 5,100 wars fought. Since the fall of man in Genesis, the world has never known peace. Since the start of the United Nations in 1945, that's purpose was to end global strife and wars. We have now seen more than 33 million die in those war wars. Peace has always been an elusive dream. And man has le been left to only imagine what it would be like if there was real peace. This imagination was put into lyric form by the former atheist Beatle member John Len Lennon. He sums it up for fallen man in his song titled, Imagine. It received hours of airplay when I was in high school. And now it's been sung by masses of people for years. You've probably heard it. Imagine. Imagine there are no countries. It's easy if you try. Imagine there is no hunger. Imagine there is no religion. Imagine there is no heaven. Imagine there's no hell. Imagine there are no possessions. Imagine nothing to kill or to die for. And his song finishes with, imagine the world being one. But as his life testifies, his imagination, like millions of others, was never acted on. It was an empty dream. He never lived in oneness with his fellow man. His money was not left to feed the poor. No, his $250 million estate was left to his Japanese widow because this world produced a killer that shot him in front of his own home. Indeed, we cry peace, peace, when there is no peace. This world is rocked and it is tired from its 5,100 wars. What a price our godlessness has cost us. Listen to the sounds of 20 centuries of war today. Hear the ominous thunder of armed legions that march down through the pages of history. Hear the relentless clatter of chariots over rough-hewn cobblestone streets. Listen to the clash of steel on steel and the roar of fires that are ravaging entire cities. Hear the sounds of buildings crashing to the ground in ruin as bombs explode them. Hear the panic of, tr of animals trapped in battle. Hear the despair, the degradation of ethnic cleansing. Hear the whip, whip crack across the back of slaves. Hear the screams of women and children and the moans of the dying. Hear the grief of a million refugees that have nowhere to go. Year after year, century after century, the legacy of man's greed, 
His rebellion, his rage has spilled across the pages of history. But beyond that today, beyond the noise of history, beyond the cluttering mess of this present world, please hear what Holy Spirit is saying to the church. Hear the call that Isaiah heard. Hear the call David heard. Who will go for us? Who who will make a stand? Who will speak up for our cause? Who will dare face down giants? Who will run? Who will run at adversity rather than run from adversity? Slinging the rock of God's word until giants fall. Who will rise up? And who will make a difference? Who will answer the God deniers that are boisterous and loud in our land? Who with some passion will stand for the cause of Christ? Where are those who will dare use the superior authority of the kingdom of God and in Jesus' name begin to rule in the midst of their enemy. Where is that ecclesia that will square off against hell and prevail? Where are those remnant warriors who are tired of being challenged by the uncircumcised Philistines of our times and are willing to answer the challenge as young David did with Goliath saying, I'm in covenant and you're not. I'm allied with Almighty God. You're not allied with Him. The greater one is on my side, and because He is, you are coming down. No, I will not run. Where are those who will make their stand, and they will not run? It's time for for Christ's kingdom ecclesias to make their stand. It's time for the king's bride. Like we saw last week when we talked about Esther, it's time for the king's bride to go to the king and make a request. It's time to get involved. It's time to raise our voice. It's time to change things. It's time to make our stand for awakening and for reformation in our world, understanding that this indeed is our time. It's time for for Christ's cause to become resolute purpose within the bride of Christ. It's time time to see his cause activate fulfillment and identity and real meaning to the body of Christ, the believers in our time. It's time to live in the peace and joy and love of his awesome cause and his magnificent presence. We can do it. And the call is coming forth loud and clear from the the throne room. Stand for the cause of my kingdom. To breathe hope into our cause we must then understand that God is not done with this world yet. He's not done with America yet. Yes, America will be saved. I believe that. I want to share with you a prophetic word that 
Holy Spirit dropped into my heart some time ago now because it speaks a fresh breath of hope to believers. And there are times when we need that, that fresh breath of hope to just fill our entire being. And this word speaks that fresh breath of hope. I was in Cleveland, Ohio. I was actually in a motel getting ready to go preach uh, at a tent meeting there in Cleveland, Ohio. And I was so burdened for this nation, so much was going uh, just crazy. We had just had the signing of uh, uh, homosexual marriage and traditional marriage was being challenged and so many different things were happening and I was frustrated I was a bit disgusted, to say the least. I was also very, I was just disappointed. And, and I was angry at hell's activities. The choices, the choices of, of our nation was particularly disturbing that day. And I could feel the, the weight of the sin polluting the culture, just, just weighing so heavily upon me. And I sat in that motel room and I just began to pray something like, God, help us. God, we, we desperately need your help. We, we need your wisdom, God. God, will you talk to us? God, give us answers. And I remember saying to him, Lord, I feel like even going to, to share this evening, I don't know what to share. I, 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 I need a clear word from you, God. Would you give me a clear word for our times right now? And then I just became very quiet. I didn't say anything, hardly moved, and I just sat very quiet for several minutes, maybe a half hour. And at the end of that time, the presence of God came into that, that motel room. And if you've ever had his presence come and overwhelm you, that's what it was like. I could feel the presence of the Lord in that room. And I heard these words. And I wrote as fast as, as I could. They were so bold. And it was like I heard these words out loud. I don't think. They were out loud, but it was like that. It was like it was out loud and bold. I heard these words. I said, it is finished, not I am finished. I am not finished. I finished redemption for sin on the cross, but I'm not done. I am not done with my church and I will finish the building of my church. It will be glorious. It will be without spot or wrinkle. It will reign in my name. It will not be intimidated, scared, confused, bewildered, tepid, or spineless. I'm not done. I'm not near done. I've got much to finish and I will finish it. I have saved the best wine for your times. I will now finish the releasing, 
of outpouring after outpouring after outpouring after outpouring of my power and anointing revealed in my manifest presence. The world will see my power manifestly real on my triumphant remnant. My glory will become tangibly real from glory to glory to glory. I'm not finished. I'm not finished, he said. I'm not finished healing blind eyes. I'm not finished opening deaf ears. I'm not finished restoring crippled limbs. I'm not done reaping the harvest of the end of the age. I'm not finished saving the lost. I'm not finished setting the oppressed free or delivering the captives. I'm not done saving Muslims. I'm not done saving Hindus. I'm not done penetrating the nations with my gospel. I'm not done with alcoholics. I'm not done with drug addicts. I'm not done delivering the bound. I'm not done removing lust and perversion from those who are wounded and broken and bruised. I'm not done setting homosexuals free. I'm not done setting lesbians free. I'm not set, done setting adulterers free. I'm not finished. I'm not finished with millennials. I'm not finished with abortion. I'm not finished. I'm not finished with America. I'm not finished with this world. I'm not finished with my kingdom on the earth, which means you're not finished. My church is not finished. My ecclesia is not done binding hell. It is not done standing for my word without compromise. It is not done confronting demon doctrine. It is not done confronting rebel government, confronting rebel kings, dictators, judges, or evil dignitaries that mock me. My reigning church is not done prevailing over the gates of hell. It is not done promoting righteousness that exalts a nation. It is not done preaching the word of truth. It's not done prevailing over principalities and powers and mights and dominion. It's not done salting the earth, lighting up darkness, re reversing evil laws, treading on demons, preaching hope, preaching deliverance to the captives. It's not done reaping the harvest of the end of this age of men, women, boys, and girls. It's not done discipling the nations. My church isn't done when the government says it's done. My church isn't done when the IRS says it's done. My church isn't done when liberal professors say it's done. My church isn't done when the media says it's done. It's not done when Hollywood says it's done. It's not done when the Supreme Court says it's done. It's not done when hireling shepherds say it's done. It's not done when governors say it's done. It's done when I say it's done and I say you're not done. Occupy till I come. Take care of my kingdom business till I say you're done overcoming church, ecclesia, reigning ones that are called by my name. Rise in your authority, rise in my power, and rule in the midst of your enemies. It is finished, but I'm not finished, and you're not finished. 
Please hear that word today like I needed to hear it some time ago. God is not finished. He's not done with this world. He's not done with America. And we're not finished. The ecclesia is not done. And it's time to show the world the bride of Christ is not finished with her assignment. And our cause, we need to show the world that our cause is worth our time. It is worth our effort. It is worth our prayers. It is worth, uh, it is worth our money. And if need be, as Esther said, it's worthy of our very lives. It's time to show America and all other nations Christ's ecclesia is not done prevailing and we will triumph in Christ Jesus. Father, today, I ask that all across this nation and our world that the body of Christ would realize our assignment is not done and our king is not done. You're not done, Lord. And that we would rise for a time like this and make a stand for your cause. A stand, God, that, that is aggressive. A stand that will not compromise. Help us stand, Lord, and represent you well on this planet. Shifting things and turning things and ministering the great kingdom of God as we have been called to do. May, may we rise as David and slay some giants. There are giants that have risen up in America. There are aggressive enemy giants around this planet. Help us to engage in the cause for which you have so graciously called us and rise up to challenge those giants not backing down and cut them down. May the cause of the kingdom of almighty God and his Christ be resolutely, uh, be resolutely engaged by the ecclesia right now. Let the champions rise. Lord, let us understand it's not that we have to have some grandiose assignment. It could be small. It could be minuscule. We could just be putting some MREs together. But together, in a concerted effort, right now, for such a time as this, we can together make our stand. And together, along with our king and his kingdom, we can turn this world around. Help us to understand that our calling and that our, our anointing to prevail is not imaginary. We aren't talking about some elusive dream, some imaginary ideology. No, we serve a real one. And our king, alive and well, will stand with his bride for such a time as this. Father, help us to understand that. Let it be an understanding 
of the bride of Christ throughout America and the world. And we ask you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah.